wouldn't have created the creation. And therefore, the greatest ni'mah that we, the Muslims, children of Adam, has at this moment of time is Islam. Nothing else. But, greater than that is Muhammad Sallallahu because he is the mercy who brought Islam to us. And therefore, each one of us should think carefully when it comes to the matter of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi wa Sahbihi wa Sallam. Especially in these days, when there are a lot of people who are not really honoring Muhammad Sallallahu Muhammad Sallallahu is not like all other men. Muhammad Sallallahu indeed is a human, but not like other humans. Muhammad Sallallahu is not like even the angels. Allah favored him to be in a higher position than the angels. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the greatest, noblest human being Allah has created. The greatest creature Allah has created is Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allah loves him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored him to create him from his own light. Allah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قبض الله قبضة من نوره فقال لها كوني فكانت محمدا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم reported to us that Allah has taken a light from himself and said to be Muhammad and it became Sayyidina Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and hence we realize this noble gift of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم is a gift that we need to give it more attention we should always think about it we were brought up to always think Islam is Muhammad Because without Muhammad there is no Islam. People today think, well, yes, the Quran. But who received the Quran? Who received the Quran? Sayyidina Muhammad received the Quran. When did he receive the Quran? In the glorious months of Ramadan. When in Ramadan he received the Quran? In Laylatul Qadr, which is favored more than 1,000 months. Khayrun min alf shahr al-lasayr. Where? In the cave of Hira. In the cave of Hira. Not outside, not in public. But while he's showing people or boasting to people, he was in the cave and the Quran came to him. Not by Jibreel reading to him and he's reviving or reading after him, but he brought it into his heart. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم نذل به على قلبك الروح الأمين He came down with it into your heart, the trustworthy spirit. Jibreel Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam is the first ruh to be created. From it all the arwah was created. Jibreel is a spirit. And the Quran itself is a spirit. And therefore those three came together in the night of Laylatul Qadr when Jibreel the spirit came down to Muhammad the spirit and he brought to him the word of God the spirit. The Quran, Allah called it a ruh. Inna anzanna alayka ruhan min amrina. Allah said in the Quran, Inna anzanna alayka ruhan min amrina. We have revealed to you, we brought into your heart, O Muhammad, a ruh from our command. What is that ruh he brought down to him? The Quran. So the Quran is ruh. Muhammad is ruh. And further, Jibreel alayhi salam is ruh. But khayrul arwah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. The favored and the best of all the spirits is Muhammad From his spirit everything else has come. And therefore, we gather here. Wallah, Allah is my witness only for Muhammad If it is not for Muhammad, I will not come here. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I come because of Muhammad For Allah commanded me to follow Muhammad Allah says in the Quran, 
Indeed, in the Prophet Muhammad or the Messenger Muhammad you have the best example. There is no other example. We don't look at any other person. Imam Malik says, anything I say or do which differ than what he وسلم, said or did, reject it. And therefore we only follow Muhammad We only listen to the word of Muhammad And by the way, knowing him is compulsory. Following him is compulsory. But moreover, loving him is compulsory. None of you will be a believer or a true believer or a complete believer or a sincere believer until he loves me more than he loves himself. Which one of us sitting here can put his hand up and say, I love Muhammad more than I love myself? Which one of us? Because when we love Muhammad more than we love ourselves, we will always be in the right position. We will always be guided by the right direction. We will always be doing the right thing. We will always be fighting our egos to do that which only Muhammad loves. For he وسلم, says, whosoever his desire is not according to my desire, then he should find another way. Seek another direction. Find another prophet to follow. And embrace another religion. Because this is the religion of the truth. Narrated to us from the truth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he says and his word is the truth, say to them, O Muhammad, Allah has spoken the truth. Allah has spoken the truth. And therefore, Muhammad first attribute, more important attribute than any other attribute, الصادق, the truthful. And we as Muslims, we are not Muslims if we don't tell the truth. The truth should be the backbone of our faith in Muhammad For he was a sadiq, we were commanded to follow him, we follow him by being truthful. All the time. And the second thing that he was, most honest. Honesty was his direction. He was always directed by honesty. He will never cheat, he will never deceive, he will never abuse, and he will never do anything to demean or put anybody down. He was always honest. Because he he is the beloved of the beneficent, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who created him out of his mercy and sent him to us as a mercy. He said, I am only a gift of mercy. Our Prophet is a gift of mercy. So we hope, inshallah, that Allah will bestow upon us in this night and every night to follow. Nothing but the love of Muhammad Sallallahu Nothing but the following of Muhammad Sallallahu Nothing but the direction of Muhammad Sallallahu For indeed, his direction is the direction that will lead to Allah. None of us will enter paradise until we follow his path and be behind him in the day of judgment. As Allah says in Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, لو سلكوا إلي طريق أو استفتحوا علي باب if they seek to come to me and took any path or open any door to enter into my presence, they will never enter into my presence and enter my garden until they come behind you, O Muhammad. So this is where it, it's an important issue. It's an important issue. Muhammad should be everything in your life. When you read, read about Muhammad 
When you think, think about Muhammad Sallam. When you direct yourself, always think, is Muhammad Sallam in front of me? Is he guiding me? Am I following him? As it is reported, those who loved him, such as Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, and the rest of the companions around him, like Anas and Jabir ibn Abdullah, okay, and many others, those people used to be close to him. And Abdullah ibn Umar al-Khattab used to do everything the Prophet did. Can you imagine this great Prophet, when he used to spit, they would rush to take his spit and wipe it in their faces. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he was cupped, some of the companions reports that those who took his blood, they drank his blood. And he told them the fire will never touch them. And many others, even his nails, they used to carry them. And this is something important. And tonight is a blessed night for me and for all of you. And I believe it's not really me, it is you, because when we started the seerah, we started something important. We stopped at the battle of Uhud, and inshallah from next week, I'm going to continue to finish. Because it is an honor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow upon us one of the greatest gifts. That in our midst, in our presence, we have something important of the Prophet himself, which is the blessed hair of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa It's a gift. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it to us as something to keep, to remind us of himself. The books of hadith, Bukhari and Muslim and the rest of them narrate a lot of these things. You don't hear about them. People don't think about them. But open the books and read. The greatest men ever to walk on these earth, from the time of the companions until Qiyamah, they will always hold tight in what is being left by Rasulullah Now the hair of Rasulullah is important and I'll quote for you some of the ahadith so that you can think about. But as I said to the brothers who came last week, all the time, all the time, we try to encourage people to love the Prophet We try to encourage the people to follow Muhammad We try to encourage the people to embrace what the Prophet ﷺ loved in their life. Everything we do, we try to make people follow that. And subhanAllah, we know as a fact that when the Prophet ﷺ was alive, in the physical form, because he is still alive, and never you should think that Rasulullah is dead. For Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لا تحسبن الذين قتلوا في سبيل الله أموات ولا تحسبن الذين قتلوا في سبيل الله أموات بل أحياء عند ربهم يرزقون Never for a moment think those who were martyred they were killed destroyed for the sake of Allah as dead but indeed with their Lord they are alive sustained Ibn Abbas رضي الله تعالى عنهما says when he asked the Prophet ﷺ, how are they alive? Said, Once they are buried, because they are buried without washing, with whatever state that they are in, their souls are taken, and Allah gives them new bodies under the throne to live there, with wings like the birds, and they can fly, and they can go anywhere. And whenever he ﷺ, used to sit, he used to greet those companions who were martyred, because they used to come to listen to him while he's giving. And the most important narration of his yeah, cousin, Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, the brother of Ali ibn Abi Talib, when he used to come flying. He used to say to him, Hada akhukum Ja'far. This is your brother Ja'far has come flying. And they say, How is he, Rasulullah? I said, But Abdullah Yadahu Janahan. For his hands were cut in the bottle, both of them, when he was carrying the flag. Allah had exchanged the lost limbs 
with two wings and he used to fly like a bear. And they come and they go. So for example, when you hear your ancestors, the elderly, in certain nights, the blessed night, they say, well, let us prepare, put bakhur, uh, because the, the, the guests, the deceased will come. People say, well, what is this bid'ah? They don't mean any deceased. Anybody who died doesn't come. But believe me, they listen to it. Maybe they are not narrating it the way it should be. But the shuhada do come. The shuhada do come. But higher than the shuhada are the prophets and the messengers. And when you think about it, when you have ulul azmi min al-rusul, messengers with great responsibility, beneath them, the messengers, beneath them, the prophets. Who is the highest? in that position, is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Didn't he say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, this is in the hadith of Sahih, I am the leading master of all the children of Adam, and I'm not saying it out of pride. This is Allah's gift to me. Allah made him that. Nobody can say that. So alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, we need to think of that. So he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was always teaching the companion to love him was teaching them to be close to him because he knows without him they're not going to be saved. Without him they will be destroyed here and hereafter. And the world today is going absolutely wrong especially in the Muslim world because we have neglected Muhammad Sallam. And wallah, for the last 30-40 years Muhammad Sallam was only remembered by the majority of the Muslims after the cartoonist drawn the cartoon. Then every Muslim wants to make a conference. Every Muslim wants to do a, a website. Every Muslim wants to write an article. You remember Muhammad Sallam when somebody insults him? Although he, sallallahu alayhi wa when he was insulted and companion wanted to defend him, he would say to them, don't do that. Don't. Keep yourself to yourself. Therefore, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, tonight Allah has bestowed upon all of us the gift of having the hair of Muhammad whom has come to us as a gift from somebody who inherited it from the Hijaz region. And when the hair, when people think about it, how does it come? It comes because the Prophet gave it. The Prophet ﷺ divided it. And it is in the hadith as reported Al-Barra radiallahu ta'ala anhu ibn Adib alayhi radwanullah He says in this hadith مَا رَأَيْتُ مِنْ ذِي لِمَّةٍ أَحْسَنْ فِي حُلَّةٍ حَمْرَاءٍ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَهُ شَعْرٌ يَضْرِبُ مَنْكِبَيْهِ لَهُ شَعْرٌ يَضْرِبُ مَنْكِبَيْهِ this hadith, hadith sahih. Al-Barra ibn Adib, the companion of Rasulullah when he was asked to describe the Prophet sallallahu he said, I had never seen a man with a beautiful complexion and a beautiful looking in handsomeness as a man, okay, than Rasulullah when he is dressed in a red garment and his hair under his cap or under his turban up to his shoulders. Many people don't understand. The Prophet ﷺ, his hair used to come down and sometimes he used to plait it in four plaits. One here, one there and two in the back. And today there are mashayikh in the world who do the same thing. They do four here. And the Prophet ﷺ, is here. And in many, they say it used to be here. Just by the end of his years. But according to Al-Barra, it used to touch his shoulders. Uh, more or longer than that? No. They had never seen him. But that's where it was. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He reported regarding 
When the Prophet ﷺ hair is cut, and by the way, the Prophet ﷺ doesn't cut his hair in any day of the month. There are certain days we cut our hair. Today, the day that passed, not this night now, Saturday, was a good day to cut your hair. Because it was the 12th of the month in the Islamic calendar. If you really want to cut your hair, choose the 5th of the month, choose the 12th of the month, from the 15th to the 26th of the month. These are good days. Each day has different things. Some days when you cut your hair, if there is sadness in your life, Allah will remove the sadness. Some days, if you have difficulty, Allah will remove the difficulty. Some days, if you are not expecting anything to come your way, Allah will bring you gifts your way. Some day, if your life is hard, Allah will bring you money to come your way. And wallah, Allah is my witness, this is the truth. This is the truth. We only cut our hair in that. Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib went even further to say, there are certain ways. The Prophet cut his hair, whereby he never cut his hair from the back to the front. He always cut his hair, the right first, then the left side. And he always tell the barber, whoever come to cut his hair, to cut his right first. And this is what was done. But the most amazing thing about that, Anadir Malik says, reported in Sahih Muslim, and you can go and read it yourself. لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَالْحَلَّاقِ يَحْلِقُهُ And as he's saying, I have seen the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and the Baba was cutting his hair. That means in front of the people. Okay? وَأَطَافَ بِهِ أَصْحَابُهُ And all his companions were surrounding him while his hair is being cut. Why were they surrounding him? Okay? أن تقع شعرة إلا في يد رجل فما يريدون أن تقع شجرة تقع شعرة إلا في يد رجل منهم because they don't want any hair of the Prophet ﷺ to fall into the ground whenever the hair is falling they put their hand to carry it now when we go to the barber shop when we have hair and it is cut we brush it with a brush we put it in the black bag and we put it outside and the dust pin will be taken away and it is thrown away finished but the hair of Rasulullah whenever it was cut, according to Anas ibn Malik in Sahih Muslim, the companion used to surround him and carry any hair that will fall, even if it is one, and they will keep it in their pocket. What to do with it? It's hair, it's hair. To many people today, hair is just dust, dirt. What to do with the hair? But because the Prophet told them to have that. In fact, it is reported in some of the riwayat that the Prophet sometimes will say to the Hallaq, look, Cut the right and divide it between the people who are sitting. You sit down. Don't, don't worry yourself. He will cut it and take it. Because the first lot of hair was long, he will just cut it and it will all come together. And then he will divide it between them. One will give them one hair, two hair, whatever. Like that. And he will say, the next half for you. Put, he will put it in his pocket. It is reported once upon a time, the Prophet said to him, take a third, divide it between them. Not all of it, just a third. He felt, mashallah, he's happy, he's going to get two thirds. Then when he got the two thirds, he said to him, divide it between the women. The only solution that I can tell you about this when I reflected about it, because nobody wrote about it, why did he do that? Because, subhanallah, women are always sitting waiting for the men to be there at first. Sometimes they get nothing. As if to say, well, they have a right. Number two, perhaps because there is more women. Even in the hijrah, there were four men, but there are okay, many women. Many women. 
travel with them. And therefore we need to think all the time. When people who travel and go around, you see more women than men. All the time. Maybe he did it. because, of it. Or perhaps because he said himself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in my heart to always love women. Okay? Allah has given me in this world to always love women. From this world, the lower world, Allah has made me to love women and to love the beautiful smells, the perfumes. Okay? Like sandal, amber, kafur, unad, ud. These are the things that the Prophet used to love. He never liked any bad smell. Garlic, onions, okay? Or anything like smoking or all those things people use. It's not good. Bad smells will only bring the shayateen. Good smells will only bring the malak. It's why when we sit in the mosque, what we do? We all the time try to put something nice to make the smell of the place smell nicer. Why we are encouraged in Islam to wash ourselves, to cut our nail, to shorten our hair, to tidy our beard, to look smart all the time. This is the teaching of Muhammad Sallallahu Not to be shabby, not to look in any way that you are not smart enough. You should always be looking smart and looking good. This is what the Prophet taught us in his teaching. Anat ibn Malik also reported that is in the last Hajj, Hajjat al-Wada'a. Anna Rasulullah in the day of Eid, he went and did the throwing of the shaitan in Jamrat al-Aqaba. Yom al-Nahr, this is the day of sacrifice, the day of Eid al-Adha. Then he went back to his place where he was staying in Mina. Okay? Where he stayed in Mina, he went in Then he asked to bring a sheep. And then he slaughtered. Then he called the barber to come. In front of everybody. All the companions were sitting. Okay? Then he cut the barber then, when he cut the right side of the Prophet hair, he began to divide. And the companions were fighting over the hair. Some of them are getting one, some are getting two. In another riwayah, Khalid bin Walid said, in that hajjah, I got one hair. I got one hair. Okay? That's Khalid bin Walid, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Okay? This is a great companion, a leader, and he couldn't get more than one hair. And he was so proud of it, and he was having it until he died. Okay? Then he took the right or the left side of his head and cut his hair. He cut it all, and then the Prophet told him, Ha-huna. He pointed to him, to the halak, to the barber. Ha-huna, ha-huna. Abu Talha. This is for Abu Talha. And Abu Talha took that hair. Some companion got one hair, some got two, some got nothing, and Abu Talha got half of the head of Rasulullah. What does it tell you? That means Abu Talha is going to keep it. It will bring him a lot of good. But Abu Talha will be taught how to use it and where to give it. That's the idea. And it will carry on. This is reported by Abi Dawood. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, the man with great knowledge, who has written the greatest commentary of hadith of al-Bukhari. He was talking about this hadith. Because this hadith is written. Nobody can say anything. 
This is the description of our beloved Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam, described by those people whom we love among the companions, the truthful, honorable people, like Anas, okay, Walbarra, Abdullah ibn Umar, and many, many others. He says, the Prophet here was given by himself to the people to keep because in it there is barakah. In the hair, there is barakah. What does barakah mean? There is a blessing. What does blessing will do for you? It will keep you safe. It will open doors for you. It will heal you. And it will keep you away from the punishment here and the hereafter. Therefore, they're wanting it with them. But to me, more important than all that, when you love someone and you have something from them, it brings them closer to you. Today you see the boys carrying the footballers' pictures in their pocket, the cricketers. And if it is signed, it can bring, they tell you one day it might bring million for me. I'm keeping it. So they are not even thinking of the love of the footballer or the cricketer. They are thinking of the money it might bring one day. Because this is signed. If they have a letter with it from the person, it's amazing. This is the love of the dunya. What about Muhammad Sallallahu when a man loves a woman, okay, subhanallah, and if she gave him a handkerchief she used with her perfume, he will be sleeping with it in the night to remember her. The shu'ara of the jahiliyyah, the poets of the jahiliyyah time, they write poetry about their beloved, not remembering them, but remembering the places they visited and the things they used, and they talk about them. Subhanallah, even the singers of today, the musicians, they think the same thing. But think about Muhammad Sallam. If you have his hair, Next to you. Forget about healing your body from the illnesses. Forget about removing difficulties. Forget about any other barakah of the dunya materialistic gain that you get out of it. But what about having him close to you, sallallahu alayhi wa So that you can gain his love. Because if you love him, you love him, sallallahu alayhi wa If you love him, you love him, alayhi wa So Ibn Hajar said there is a barakah. And he's a great scholar and a great man. And we believe there is barakah in the hair of Rasulullah Can you imagine the Prophet in the morning he will sit after Fajr in his masjid and all the little kids and the workers in houses of people, the servants, will come carrying their water that they're going to use in their house to the Prophet Their water. Because they didn't have taps. I lived like that. So you bring a big bucket with water to use in the morning. They wash from it. They drink from it. And they bring it up. What does the Prophet do with it? All of them bring their water. Before they take it home, the Prophet put his hand in it. This is true. The Prophet will put, Wallahi, it's a Muslim. He will put his hand in it. He will go and read And the, the ulama, when they read it, they say, the only thing they can think about it, is he washing his hand in it? What is he doing? He's putting to bless the water for them. There will be more water when they use it. When they put it in their cooking, there will be blessed cooking. They didn't have, like today, recipes to have meals that will smell this way or smell that way. They have beautiful, okay, food because the Prophet ﷺ, blessed hand, touched the water they cooked it with. Ali Abdullah So there is blessing in everything that comes out of Rasulullah ﷺ. Al-Imam Al-Ghastalanis, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says, the Prophet gave his hair because he wanted people to keep relics of himself. He gave his burda away. He gave his shirt away. He gave some of his turban. Why? To keep. Our mashayikh do the same things. Subhanallah. 
or Mashaykh do the same thing. I have at home, Wallah, and I never ask for it personally. I always want it from my Shaykh, Rahmatullah alayhi wa radiallahu Shaykh al-Fatih, Qaribullah, a man who resembled Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? I want it from him, okay? One of his garments. I never dare to ask him. How could I ask a man whom I can't even speak to? How could I ask him to give me one of your clothes? But after he passed away, they called me and they told me, he left something for you. Allah, I never asked him. But he left it for me. Sayyid Muhammad Ali al-Maliki radiallahu ta'ala anhu never came to the Western Hemisphere only once. In 1987, and he spent two weeks in London at the time of Mawlid, and he celebrated Mawlid in Central Mosque. We did two Mawlid there. I did one for him, and he did the main one in the main hall in the mosque. And subhanallah, I wanted something from him, but I couldn't ask him. Because I know he is from the pure blood of Rasulullah And wallah, when he was going to the airport, he was changing. And I was with him. He said, you know something? Your sheikh served me. And I feel you want something from me. And I, there's nothing dearer to me than what I have in my clothes. In my body, touching my body. So he took his jubba and gave it to me. I have it at home. And then I, I wanted more. In my heart. Then he took his shoes and gave him his shoes. He said, you wear those shoes. But you keep them at home. You keep it for barakah. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. The mash- these are great men. They will not give these things if there is bid'ah in them. Or they are going to lead me into the lala. Or they are going to lead me into shirk. They know my heart is with Allah. They know my heart is with Rasulullah They are there only to direct me. They are directors. Okay? But they know at the end of the day. I will not achieve success until I love him, Muhammad sallam. If there is any means through which they can bring that closer to my heart, they will do it. Because this is their job. Wallah, this is their job to make you. So, a lot of relics were left. And subhanAllah, it says in the Quran, okay, when the prophets of Bani Israel, okay, have been taken away by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the relics that they left, the turbans of Yusuf, the turbans of Musa, the ring of Solomon, the stick of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, and many other things were put in the tabut. Allah said, Fihi sakina. A tabut, the big box, they were there. Fihi sakina. In it, there is tranquility and peace. Whosoever acquire it will acquire that peace and tranquility. He can do anything. That's why it, until today they are looking for it. Hitler was looking for it. <laughs> so I don't know what he wants to do with it. Everybody is looking for it. Do you know where is it? The men of Allah know where is it. Allah said, Tahmiluhu al-malaika. The malaika are carrying it. But it will be given to those people who deserve it. Not to anybody. Can you imagine if they come today? The Christians, the Jews, and us will be fighting over those things. To whom do they belong? Because these are our messengers. But they were their messengers too. So we need to think carefully. Allah has something, okay? That he has put in these things, which we call barakah. If we have it, we have everything. But with that barakah, I want us all to think of one thing. We want to be, through that barakah, drawn closest to the heart of those people whom we love. Because if we are in their hearts, then inshallah, we will be with them in the day of judgment. Mu'awiyah ibn Abi Sufyan. He says, by Allah Almighty God, I managed to get some of the nails of Rasulullah and I always keep them with me, and I have few hairs. And whenever I feel not well, I put them in my nose and I put them in my eyes. And when he was dying, he said to his children, you must bury me with them. And they buried him. They put the hair and, and the nails in him. 
in his mouth as well and his nose. And he said, I used to use them for shifa. Whenever somebody in my family is sick, I will use it for shifa. And the only one I can think about it is to put it in water and to allow them to drink it. That's the idea. Okay? Because the Prophet wasallam, anything belonged to him, in it there is healing. There is no doubt. There is shifa. And then also it is reported that some of the imams in their own investigation of those ahadith that talk about the relatives of Rasulullah and especially the hair, like Imam Al-Hawrani radiallahu ta'ala anhu, or Imam Al-Harawi radiallahu ta'ala, these are some of the scholars that were really engrossed in knowing more about these things and their secrets, and they were writing about it. They said about Khalid ibn al-Walid, and I told you before, Khalid ibn al-Walid has only one hair of the Prophet He got it in Hajjat al-Wada'. He said people were fighting for it when the man was dividing it, and I got one. He said some men got one, some got two, some got more, some got nothing. But I got one. He said the moment I got it, I brought my calf out, and I sewn it in between. Okay? It's Qulun And he said, I will never go without it. He will always wear it. And Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and he instructed his companions when they fight with him never to jump from their horses while the battle is going on. And once upon a time, he jumped in front of the horses of the enemy and he was under them. And the companions were very upset that he's going to kill himself. But then he jumped and climbed and he was fine. And they won. And they came to him upset. Why, why did you do that which you did not uh, or you did ask us not to do? Why did you do that, which you asked us not to do? What is it? You jumped from your horse, Ya Khalid, and you instructed us not to jump from our horses. He said, Wallah, I only jumped for a very good reason. What good reason made you jump? He said, can you imagine your Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi beneath the horses of the enemy? They said, no, Wallah. What would you do if he's there? We'll jump and die for him, to save him. He said, by Allah Almighty God, my qulunsua fell from my head, and in it is the hair of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi what did they say? They said, of course you have done good. How could you live? Just the hair. They didn't want it to be on the floor. This is something that you need to think about. Khalid ibn al-Walid, when he was dying, he said to them, today I am dying. I always wish to die in the battlefield. But I am dying in my bed. Like a camel dies. Okay? All the martyrs will die in the battlefield. I'm dying like a camel. But bury me with my beloved. And they have to put his cap on and they buried him like that. With his hair of Rasulullah. This is so important. Why did he ask for the hair of Rasulullah to be buried with him? More greater than that, subhanallah. In the Quran, the biggest hypocrite. When he died, his son, who was a believer with Rasulullah, asked the Prophet okay, to give him the shore. So that he can wrap his father with. You know why? Because he knew if his father was wrapped in that, the angel would never dare to question him. But when he gave it to him, he felt more courageous. He said to him, could you wash him for me? He said yes. And when he said yes, he said, could you pray for him? And this is a hypocrite. And the leader of the hypocrites in the time. The shore of Muhammad Sallam was given to bury him. Imagine if we have this today, people will fight over it. And also, a lot of the scholars spoke about this in the 20th century, the 19th century, the 18th century. Okay? 
And subhanallah, one of the best scientists who wrote about the importance of the relics of Muhammad sallam is Imam Al-Nabahani. If you don't know about him, go and Google his name. I'm sure a lot of his writings have been translated in English. Imam Al-Nabahani, who's originally from Palestine, okay? And subhanallah, he's a man who died in 1932. And he lived in the century when I was born. Maybe many of you were born in the last century. And subhanallah, he was up until 32. And he was a man who did some of the best writing to collect salawat for Rasulullah and to explain some of those important okay, relics left by the Prophet But moreover, his teacher who lived before him, Abdul Ghani Nabulsi, the great poet, the lover of Rasulullah His poetry is, if you go to any gathering of Muhammad Sallam or Hadrat al-Dhikr, only his poetry is recited. One of the best, Abdul Ghani Nabulsi. He wrote a lot about the hair of Rasulullah about the relics of Rasulullah about the importance of caring for those things. Okay? Today, subhanallah, you find the hair most known that is left openly is in Istanbul, okay, in the museum. I have went there and I saw it. Okay? But people don't realize. And sometimes you hear people say, yani most of the hair that we hear today that was left is either in Asia, okay, or in some part other than the Arab world. No, that's not true. The Arab world have a lot of hair of the Prophet. I grew up to know in my area there was a lot of hair of the Prophet. But it is in the hand of great men. They were keeping it and looking after it. Okay? To finish with, some of the signs of the authenticity of the hair of Rasulullah Number one, the hair of Rasulullah grows. And by Allah Almighty God, the most beautiful piece of hair of Rasulullah left behind is in Abu Dhabi. One of the men in Abu Dhabi, whom, who is the minister of Awqaf. Okay? A great scholar. Very well known. Every year, he does Mawlid. Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan used to do Mawlid every year. They still do it. Abu Dhabi, every year they do a Mawlid. And subhanallah, they have the hair. And the hair they have is long. It's not really little, like what I have here, a small piece. Somebody grown and cut and give it to you. But that is quite long hair. Every year, they get it out. And on the ninth of Rabi'ul Awal. And they wash it. Okay? They wash that hair. And people see it. And the water, people drink it. And the cloth that was wrapped in it, after the washing, they were cut and pieced it for people for barakah. And then they were wrapped it with a new piece of cloth. Okay? So it is there. You find it everywhere. In Mauritania, in Morocco, uh, in Libya, some of the Libyans, in Tunisia. Okay, people have got the hair of Rasulullah In Sudan, I know a lot of the people who are either from the front of Rasulullah or some people whom they were inheriting this Okay? As inheritance. So Allah gave it to them. So it will grow. The hair grows. This is the first sign. Number two, the hair does not just grow in length, but it, other pieces will grow up on the side. It breaks and it grows like a tree. And you could see it. And there's no doubt to hide it. Number three, it will never burn by the fire. And they thrive. If you take the hair of Rasulullah, if it's in the way, it doesn't bear. Number four, it doesn't have a shadow. If it is really the hair of Rasulullah, get anything. A hair is solid. My hair is solid. You put it in there to create a shadow. But the hair of Rasulullah has no shadow in it at all. 
this is what is being said by the scholars to prove that this is the hair of Rasulullah. If the hair of Rasulullah is there to be seen by people, and there is zikr or salawat, it will move by itself. Wallah, it will move by itself. Imam Nabahani radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, once upon a time he traveled to go to Mecca and he met one of the scholars of India. And he was telling him about that a hair which he inherited, that when they do the dhikr, and he was asking him that it move by itself. The hair of Rasulullah will move by itself. Okay? This is something that you need to think about. Okay? And moreover, if you are lucky enough, and Allah wants to show you the secret of Rasulullah, if it is there, and it is open, and you are in the dark, it will light. Wallah. It will lie. This is the truth as reported by all authentic teachers of Islam through the teaching of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa There is no doubt about it. Don't let anybody to put any doubt in your heart. Because Rasulullah knows that in our nature, to love someone, you must have something from them. If you have something from them, then you will love them. And therefore he gave his hair to the companions to keep this the best thing for them to keep, inshallah, so that they will be closer to him, so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestow upon us his love, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah protect us and guide us and give us tawfiq and success and allow us to have the best here and in the hereafter. And inshallah, from next week, if Allah give me tawfiq, we will go back to the seerah. We will go back to the seerah. And inshallah, last time we stopped at the battle of Uhud and we were going to speak about what happened after the battle of Uhud because the companions... Okay, we're waiting what is going to happen and the mushrikeen were going to attack again but they didn't and things became peaceful so inshallah in the next few weeks we'll carry the seerah we want to start early because of the sisters because it's winter because it's dark so inshallah if people can make it inshallah I want to start by half past eight and from half past eight okay inshallah to about maybe quarter past nine we'll do the name of Allah the name of the Prophet and some salawat for Rasulullah and then after that we do the seerah, and when the seerah is finished, those who want to leave, they can leave, and those who want to stay, then we will do our hadra. But for today, inshallah, may Allah bless all of you, we want to show this hair to the people, and they can have a look at it. So inshallah, we will stand up. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim. Where is Ahmed? Come on, Ahmed. Come on, anshid lana, inshallah. يأتوا بحب المصطفى منذ نشأتي وصار همي في الحياة وفكرتي يضايقني في مدحه مكت عظرتي فأرسل دمعا كي تخفف كوتي يبرهن عن حبي
جواد زيبه كان ابحراه كثير رماد دل هذا على الغراب جميل مهاب في التعامل والوراء اذا باع يوما في الحياه او اشترى سماحته تسمو على العطر والنديه بميلاده ايوان كسرى تصدعا ولم تترك الانوار في الارض موضعا لكل قصور الروم ابصر من وعاه لذا واجمل طفل في الحياه على مهده به انتشر الاسلام يا صاحب الدنا بدعوته حقق للدين للمنى وصار العدو في الدين حبا والفا ربنا به بين القلوب وادحفا ولعت به وازداد يا صاحب وجدي عليم وقد نفى بدعوته شركا وزيا مزخرفا فصار العدو في الدين حبا والفا به ربنا بين القلوب وادحفا وليات به وازداد يا صاحبي وجدي فنيت وها أنا فيه لا أعيد ولا أبدي ولما بدا للكون كالجوهر الفرد عرفت به مذ كنت طفلا على مهدي وما زال حبي في صبايا وفي رجدي فكأس هواه ذغته من مديره وأول عشقه فيه مثل أخيره عن الحب لا تسأل وسل عن خبيره فغصاغ فغزاغ كأسا صافيا من عصيره فصار حطاما لا يعيد ولا يبدي وأبديت للعزال أني تارك سواه مدى الأزمان ما جن حالك عساهم يكفوا فالطريق مهالك أهيم ومالي في هواه مشارك وأهنى به في ذا الحوا في ذا الحياة وحدي أتيتك أبكي والذنوب كثيرة وأندب حظي فالمعاصي جليلة عساك طراني فالعيون بصيرة وترحم ضعفي فالرياض مريعة وترفعني فضلا لأعلى ذر المجد أنا أنا الفاتح الفاتح الراجل ندى من شفيعه 
ومن عجب ومن عجب فإن الضنا من طبيبه أود من المحبوب نفح تطيبه لأطفئ منا حر الهوى ولهيبه وقل يا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وصلى إله العرش ربي تكرما على المصطفى المختار من خيره لما ومن هو بالذكر الكريم مكرما ومن هو بالخلق العظيم لغسما ومن نصره قد جاء بالجند والرعب الله الله